0: Welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose, so we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Oh my gosh, it's like totally packed in here. Are you kidding me? This is so fun. You know, it's a good thing that it was... I'm being a tech guy because where the battery pack is positioned, only I can do the switch. Aw, thank you, honey. Now I have my hands free. (laughs) I have to welcome our Minnetrista and Faribault campuses because they are actually watching at their own campuses. It's actually a good thing they are because we have no room in here. This is amazing. But we were afraid with the sleet tonight. We didn't want them on the road later tonight. So welcome, you guys. We're so glad that you are watching from your campuses. And I also want to welcome um, Carol Lundis here. She's our state director. She came in from out of town as well, so thank you for being here tonight. She runs that Bridging the Gap um, conference that you saw. She runs that whole thing, so thank you for being here. How many first-time visitors do we have tonight? Raise your hand if you're a first-time visitor. Welcome. This is so exciting. I'm still shocked. We're just packed. This is so exciting. And my friend Carrie Weems, I cannot wait for you to hear her. She is one of the pastors that's on the ARC board with us. If you ever hear us talking about the ARC, her husband Stovall Weems pastors down in Florida. And um, like she said, uh, she just wrote a book. So we're really excited to have her in March. We also have an informational meeting. Um, forgot to tell Jane this in the announcements. If you're interested in foster care or adoption, we're gonna be having an informational meeting about that March 9th, Friday evening. And Lisa King and Krista Gorman are people to contact if you're interested in that area. Okay, when you came in tonight, you should have gotten a card, seen a card on your chair like this. Hopefully, actually, we didn't put them on all the chairs. Oh, ye of little faith, right? We didn't think we would <laughs> fill it. So if you did not get one of these, please get one afterwards at the Welcome Center. But last year, when I spoke on peace, I handed out these Bible verses. And it really um, was a great, everyone said they loved it. And so I I liked that great feedback. So we did that again this year with the verses about fear on them. So I hope that you'll use that and take those verses home. Um, Put them somewhere where you can see them. And I hope that you've been using the ones from last year, too, just to take your thoughts captive. Um, If you're from here, you know we've been in a series called Rethink, which has been an amazing series about, you know, training our minds to kick out the bad thoughts and put in the good. And so I just pray that you've been using those verses. So tonight, oh my gosh, I forgot about favorite things. Are you kidding? Oh, we didn't. Of course you didn't. That's why you're in the front row? Okay. We had to do favorite things. Yeah, okay, so favorite things. I was kind of on a little Valentine's Day theme because that's coming up soon. So my first favorite thing, this was actually, someone gave me this gift for my birthday last year. And it's one of my favorite things, and it's a little sparkly um, coffee cup, Um, coffee holder, like from Caribou, and I use it like every day. I just keep it in my purse and then I pull it out for my coffee. Everybody knows it's mine because I leave it laying around church all the time, but um, I still have it. I love it. So I couldn't find a sparkly one, but I did find one that had red in it for Valentine's Day. So here's a little um, coffee. Uh, What do you call this? Like a little coffee sleeve. Yeah, sleeve. Okay. This sleeve goes to Linda Held. Who's Linda? Is she not here. She signed her name. She's here. Oh, there she is. You're on the Price Is Right. No, you're not. Okay. My second favorite thing is probably, I think, been on my list every single time I've done *Favorite Things*, because it's chocolate, and I just had to do that because this time of year, it's super. They have super great chocolates, and this is Dove Silky Smooth Milk Promises, and we also have chocolates for the girls at Faribault and Minatrista as well. So ladies, you can hand those out at this time. We just put this together today because of the weather. So um, we got one favorite thing. So, you know, give us some grace. <laughs> okay, the chocolates go to Crystal Dill. Where's Crystal? All right. There you go. Okay. My next favorite thing is really fun because I know that almost all girls like this. And yeah, and it is, oh, these are so cute. This is a little um, OPI nail polish set that has like the newest, latest, greatest colors. And it's super cute. There's like 300 in here, something like that. No, maybe 12. Okay. (laughs) But they're cute, cute colors. Okay, this goes to Jennifer Tate. Jennifer okay my next favorite thing is one of my favorite places ever in the world to shop and that is um, Nordstrom rack and um, it's just a super fun store and there's just a little gift card in here but you can maybe get like a bracelet or a earring or a scarf or something fun so an earring I'm Nordstrom rack I said rack, not Nordstroms. I like that one too but uh, CC Pharma? Hope I pronounced that right. Is there a Cece in the house? Cece? Anyone? Cece? Over here? Okay. And my last favorite thing tonight is um, I love scarves, like any kind of scarf, but I love this year, I'm in love with that Infinity scarf. You know, the one piece that you flip around a couple times, two, three, one, whatever. So this is one of those infinity scarves. And it goes to... Digging deep. You're not in here, (laughs) Ginge. Sorry. This goes to Tanya Ballard. This is Tanya. Okay. Thank you for that. Gosh, I'm glad I didn't forget that that would not have been good. Okay, so tonight we are here to talk about fear. And I just want you to know that when I grew up, I was the youngest of three children, and I was one of the most fearful people you could probably ever meet, because I was basically afraid of everything and everyone, I, uh, one of my earliest memories was one time when I was staying home by myself. I didn't stay home by myself a lot because, you know, I had an older brother and an older sister, so they would babysit me a lot, but this was one of those times, probably was a Friday night, when they were both gone and my parents were gone, and so I was home by myself, and, you know, I must have heard a noise or something, and I just was totally freaked out and scared so I went and I grabbed we had a little Maltese Cocker Spaniel and I grabbed her her name was Bootsy and I went in the coat closet and I hid until my parents came home and when they got home they were looking for me and they found me in the corner of the closet and they're like oh my gosh this girl has issues (laughs) so that was one of my earliest recollections but I just always remember just I was just very fearful I mean I was afraid to learn how to ride a bike because I didn't want to fall off and skin my knees right like everybody does I was basically afraid of my shadow i mean i just was very very fearful and we lived in a split level home and my bedroom was in the basement and my parents bedroom was way upstairs and i just remember you know at night i'd wake up and if i had a bad dream or something i'd be so scared but i was even more scared to go up all those stairs to my parents room so i would just lay there and tremble you know in my bed so i'm just telling you that that is my my nature my personality i guess so as you can tell you know god has a sense of humor and thus comes rob into my life and he's i mean opposites attract right but this is more like you know i don't know i can't even explain how opposite we are in that way so when i met him you know he was like he was 21 i was 18 and he was ready to conquer the world you know if it was adventurous he wanted to do it um, I've called him the yes man before because anything every, anybody asks him, he always says yes to. So I was um, kind of petrified of this guy from the start, but he was intriguing to me at the same time because he was just so out there and he wanted to go and do everything and take risks. And so um, maybe that's why when he asked me to marry him, I said, maybe. <laughs> um, because I just thought, how in the world can our opposites make it? But, Anyway, I'm sure you've heard this story. I know Rob's told it before. I've probably told it before. But shortly after we were married, um, we went downtown Minneapolis because my sister lived down there in an apartment. And we'd never been there, so we were going to visit her. And we were totally lost. We couldn't find where she lived. And back in those days, there was these things, no cell phones, okay? And they had these things called phone booths. (laughs) And so we were circling the block, circling the block. He couldn't find anywhere to park. So he's like, how about if I just drop you off and then you run and make the phone call and I'll just keep circling and then you can jump back in. So I'm like, okay, no big deal. So he drops me off and I go over to the little phone booth and I'm standing in there talking to my sister and all of a sudden someone comes up behind me, like right behind me and grabs my butt. And I literally froze. I just froze. Talking to my sister, stopped talking, Just froze. And several seconds later, Rob turns around and looks at me. He's like, what in the world are you doing? Like, you would just let a total stranger come up and do this to you? And what I didn't know was that as soon as he dropped me off, somebody pulled out and he parked and came up right behind me. And so I'm just telling you, that is my nature. My nature is when crisis comes, I freeze. So, are there any other freezers out there? I'm just wondering. Yeah, Logan had a little accident on his scooter and I just stood there. And I'm like, "This." thankfully Rob was with and he's bleeding all over and I just stood there, you know. So that's what I do. I freeze. I know it's not the best coping mechanism, but um, I read a story about another freezer. A woman in Arkansas was sitting in her car after getting groceries and she heard a loud bang. She felt pain in the back of her head and she was holding her hands there when someone walked by and asked, Ma'am, are you Okay. And she said, I've been shot in the head, and I'm holding in my brains. Well, actually, it wasn't her brains, but it was a Pillsbury biscuit canister (laughs) that had popped open from the back seat, hit her in the head, and the dough was coming out. She probably would have sat there all day in her car, thinking, my brains are falling out. But sometimes our fears are like that, aren't they? They're unfounded. They're totally irrational. And they paralyze us. Now, tonight, there's four main um, kinds of fear that I want to talk about. And the first one is the fear of loss. The second one is the fear of failure. The third one is the fear of rejection. And the last one is the fear of the unknown. Now, the fear of loss... There's so many things that we can be fearful of losing. Um, Maybe you're fearful of losing a parent. I know a lot of us are getting to that stage where our parents are getting elderly, and it's just a fear that we face of, how am I going to go through life without them? I've, I've obviously had them in my life, my whole life. But you're afraid of losing them. Maybe you're afraid of losing your marriage, your spouse. How about your kids? Afraid of losing them, afraid of them getting in an accident, afraid of them getting sick. Maybe you're afraid of losing your job or losing money. How about fear of losing control? Any control freaks out there? I know you're out there. Yeah. The second area is fear of failure. Fear of not measuring up or not being good enough. You feel inadequate. Maybe it's in um, many different areas of your life. Maybe you feel spiritually inadequate. I know I felt like that a lot you're afraid to to try new things and step out and take risks because you're afraid of failing the third type is the fear of rejection and where's our students i know we had a lot of students over here for teenagers this is a big one right you're afraid of being rejected you want to fit in do they like me am i okay i don't want to be ostracized i just want to fit in that's a big one and the last one is fear of the unknown this is a huge category because Basically, our whole future is unknown, isn't it? Between the doctor's appointments and the report, we always think the worst, right? That's such a hard time to wait for that. Um, Maybe you have some financial uncertainty going on. Many women I know are actually stuck in abusive situations, and they stay in that unhealthiness because the unknown is just too scary. They're afraid to take a step. Maybe you're like me with my fearful personality and you think things have just been going along too good for too long. Something bad is about to happen, right? You just think that. And, you know, one of the problems with our fears is that our kids pick up on them, don't they? And the things that we fear can become things that they fear. And that's so wrong. We don't want to portray those onto our kids. This is not what God has for us. One of the most frequent commands in the Bible is do not fear. And did you catch that it's a command and not a suggestion? I want to share with you just ten things that fear causes. Now fear causes many more than that, but just ten things I want to touch on. First of all, fear causes us to reduce the size of God and elevate the size and opinion of man. Fear causes us to lead people in the wrong direction. Think about the Israelites wanting to go back to Egypt, back to slavery, because they were afraid of what the promised land held. Doesn't that sound ridiculous? Fear causes us to stay quiet when we should clearly speak up, because a lot of times we're obsessed with what others think about us, right? Fear causes us to be passive about an issue that the Lord has clearly brought to our attention. Edmund Burke said the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Number five, fear causes us to seek consensus rather than really seeking the voice of the Lord. Number six, fear causes us to not engage the broken, the hurting, the misfits, and the neglected because if we include them in our lives and actually invite them in, things might get a little messy. Number seven, fear causes us to refuse to embrace change because we care way more about being comfortable than being conformed into the image of Christ. Number eight, fear causes us to control things and take matters into our own hands rather than trusting the Lord and trusting others. Number nine, fear causes us to conceal sin and shame in our lives when God's word is clear that we should ask others for help. And the last thing is fear causes us to seek the easy decision rather than seeking the right one. There was a story recently um, after Steve Jobs passed away from Apple. um, The story surfaced again about when they started the company back in 1976, there was actually three founders. It was Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and then this other guy named Ronald Wayne that nobody ever heard of because uh, back in 1976, he came on board in the beginning. But 11 days into the company, he got really scared, and he didn't think that it was going to go anywhere. And his $800 that he had invested, he took it back out, and he said, I'm just too scared, I'm out. Well, his $800 today would be worth $22 billion, with a B. That's what fear does to you. You know, it causes you to retreat and go back. So our theme verse tonight is 2 Timothy 1, seven. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So that fear that you have, guess what? It's not from God. He doesn't give it. He doesn't give fear. And he wants to help us overcome the fears that are hindering us. Now in the dictionary, I looked up the definition of fear, and it says in the dictionary that fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc., whether the threat is real or imagined. So it can be, you know, a rational fear or it could be a real fear. But last fall, I heard a great message by Pastor Craig Rochelle of, he's the pastor of Life Church in Oklahoma, and he did a sermon on fear, and he said his definition of fear was placing your faith in the what ifs. When God called Moses to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, to deliver them out of slavery and captivity, Moses said in Exodus 4.1, but what if they don't believe me? Right? We do that all the time, don't we? What if, oh, what if they misunderstand me? What if my spouse cheats? What if I never get married? What if I can't have kids? What if I lose my job? What if I get sick? Isn't it interesting that we never ask the positive what ifs? What if everybody loves me? (laughs) What if I ace this test? What if I get a promotion, right? We never say the what ifs for the positive, it's always the negative. So why do the what ifs matter so much? There's a couple things why our fears in the what ifs matter because your fear reveals what you value the most and it also reveals where you trust God the least. That's kind of a gut punch, isn't it? If we're always worrying about our kids, we don't trust him with our kids. If we're always worrying about our finances, where's the next money going to come from? We're not trusting him with our finances. So what area are you trusting God the least in tonight? Because in order to defeat our fears, we have to define them. Now, when God first called me to speak, it was six years ago now, I was deathly afraid. I had not been on the stage in 10 years of our church. And when he called me to do this, I was so overwhelmed and I actually had to go through my mind and define my fear. So I actually had to say, okay, what am I afraid of? So first of all, I started with the steps. (laughs) And (laughs) I was afraid of tripping, you know, coming up and just laying out in a face plant, okay? Thankfully, I haven't done that one yet. But I got, you know, when you're defining your fears, you really have to go with it. So I'm like, okay, I'm laid out on the stage. My notes have gone flying. My face is all red. And then I put myself in your position. And I thought, if I saw somebody do that, I'd be like, oh, you poor thing. You know, I wouldn't be like, oh, what an idiot. <laughs> so I thought, okay, if that does happen, they'll feel sorry for me. I'll be a little embarrassed, you know, dust myself off. It, it's all good. Then I thought I had the fear of getting up here and just going totally blank, like nothing. And then I thought, that is what my notes are for. (laughs) Right? I like literally type it out word for word. It drives me crazy. But that's what my notes are for. Then I have this fear of losing my place in my notes. I know that you think this is crazy, but when you're telling a story and you're kind of going with it and you got the motions and everything, and then you come back to your notes and it's a big page of words, and you're like, wow, where am I? And I'll try to do like stars and highlights and all this stuff because I'll know here's a story, this is where you're going to come back after the story, okay? I'm just telling you, this was my fear. So um, I've done this several times before, and thankfully, it usually lasts only a couple seconds and you guys don't even know. But I think if you did, the, the thing that I love is that I know that you'll just be gracious with me. I know that you're for me. And that's what um, I pray for you. I know when Jane said um, that I love you guys, it's so true. And I pray for you all the time. And... <clears throat> I know that you're gracious with me, and I just want to let you know that that, um, that helps me. It really helps me to get up here because I know that you're for me. And I just want you to know that that's the kind of environment that I want for all of us. I want us to be able to fail and try and have cheerleaders around us, right, saying, it's okay, get back up, you can do it. And so I just want to thank you for that because I do, I feel that. I feel that you're gracious with me and you're cheering for me. And I just, I want you to do that with all the women that God has placed around you. Just to be gracious and allow them to fail and cheer them on when they do great. And rejoice with them in their great times as well as lifting them up in their bad times. So I just want to encourage that environment with our women because I know... um, women can be not so nice sometimes and i don't ever want that to be said of us okay i just always want us to be loving and gracious so thank you for that and my last thing is just fear of bombing and having a terrible message and people walking away saying i can tell she didn't go to bible college (laughs) because i didn't but that's when i have to say okay god you called me to this and you're my audience Okay, you just have to walk it out, and whenever I get really nervous, I'm like, okay, I've got my notes, I can just read through it. It might be done in 10 minutes, but I did it, God asked me to do it, and I'm done. (laughs) So you have to define your fears. You know what? Just play it out. What's your worst fear? You might die, okay? If you know Jesus, you're going to heaven. (laughs) It's not that bad. So just just play it out. If you have to do it, just go all the way to the worst possible scenario, okay? (laughs) So after you define your fear, then what do you do? Then you need to apply God's word to it, okay? Psalm 27.1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 56, verses 3 and 4 says, When I am afraid... I will have confidence in and put my trust and reliance in you by the help of God I will praise his word on God I lean rely and confidently put my trust I will not fear what can man who is flesh do to me I love that translation of the Amplified Bible I lean rely and confidently put my trust in him when I'm afraid I will trust in you how insulting Is it to our Heavenly Father when we don't trust Him? I was really thinking about this as I was preparing. And, you know, when my kids come to me, they're teenagers, and I'm like, you know, I see that this friend may not be right for you, or I don't want you to do this, trust me, and they kind of look at you with that glazed over like, yeah, what do you know, right? You want them to trust you. You've been there. You've done that, right? You're there for them. You want them to trust you, and it's frustrating to you when they don't trust you. How about when, um, if you're a parent, you know, when your kids are little and they're going to jump into the pool and you're in there, you're like, come on, jump in, I'll catch you, right? And they're like, no, no, you won't, I'm afraid, I'm afraid you won't catch me. You're like, seriously? (laughs) You think you're going to just jump in and I'm going to let you fall and watch you flounder? I mean, isn't that what you want to say? As a parent, you're like, of course I'm going to catch you, right? Right? And if you've been reading in our soap devotions lately, I thought it was interesting, both in Mark and in Romans where we've been reading, it talks about how God is actually upset with us when we don't trust him. And I don't know about you, but I don't want God to be upset with me. And he's always, always there with us. And I just wanted to read this little story. Um, this is by Leonard Sweet. And um, it talks about how uh, Native Americans had this unique practice for training their young braves. And on the night of a boy's 13th birthday, after learning hunting, scouting, and fishing skills, he was placed in a dense forest to spend the entire night alone. Until then, he had never been away from the security of the family and the tribe, but on the night, he was blindfolded and taken several miles away. When he took off the blindfold, he was in the middle of a thick woods by himself all night long. Every time a twig snapped, he visualized a wild animal ready to pounce. Every time an animal howled, he imagined a wolf leaping out of the darkness. Every time the wind blew, he wondered what more sinister sound it masked. It was a terrifying night. After what seemed like an eternity, dawn broke and the first rays of sunlight entered the interior of the forest. Looking around, the boy saw flowers, trees, and the outline of the path. Then, to his utter astonishment, he beheld the figure of a man standing just a few feet away, armed with a bow and arrow. It was the boy's father. He had been there all night long. Can you think of a better way for a child to learn how God allows us to face the tests of life? God is always present with us. His presence is unseen, but it's more real than life itself. I love that story because it's, it really... Portrays the fact that God is always with us. We might be in the darkest, lowest place of our life, and you may not even feel Him. Obviously, you don't see Him, but He's there. And I love that story. So, we need to acknowledge our fears and then say, I choose to trust God. How do we get to that place? It's not easy, but if you seek Him, He will take away your fears. It promises that in Psalm 34.4. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Now, that's a promise that we can stand on. I love that. If we spend the time in his word, we meditate on it, you pray, you fast. You know, we're in this 21 days of prayer and fasting right now, and I hope you're taking part of that. But it works to get your breakthrough. You know, last year when I spoke on anxiety, that's exactly what I did to break through from that and get the peace, was I sought the Lord until I found him. I mean, it was months. And I sought him. And I spent time in worship and in his word until I got that breakthrough. And it's a promise. It's a promise that he's given us. He will deliver you from all your fears. It's his promise. And I just read Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker. It was amazing. We gave it out at our leader training the other night. And... Um, It's an incredible book, and it's praying circles around your biggest dreams and your greatest fears. I would really recommend it. It was just amazing. I just finished it today. So we seek him, and then the last thing is we remember how he's brought us through in the past. Deuteronomy 7, 17 through 19 says, You may say to yourselves, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? But do not be afraid of them. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. You saw with your own eyes, your own eyes, the great trials, the signs and wonders, the mighty hand and outstretched arm with which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all the peoples you now fear. So God through Moses told Israel that when they felt fear, they were to remember how God delivered them from Egypt and all of the miraculous things that he did. Now, the word remember in Hebrew is zaker, Z-A-K-E-R, and it means to recall something to mind in order to be moved by it. I love that. Memory serves us as a very practical purpose, and you remember in order to create certain states that will move you and motivate you to action. When Israel felt fear, they were to call back to mind and relive God's mighty deeds on their behalf. This would give them confidence in God and would be a source and a basis for obedient action. By remembering, it would help them overcome their fear. So in closing tonight, we need to do these things. We need to define our fears. We need to apply God's word. We need to seek him until we get our breakthrough. And then we need to remember what he's done for us. How is he going to deliver it? You need to trust him. And just remember those times in your life where he's come through, where he's been faithful, and you can always rely on that. God is real, he can be trusted, and he is love. And you know what love does, because Taylor already said it tonight in first John four eighteen. Perfect love casts out all fear. They can't coexist. God's perfect love and our fear, they can't coexist. So fear has to leave. I promise you that if you seek God, he will deliver you from all your fears. How can I say that with such certainty? Because you're looking at living proof, okay? He can deliver you from your fears. I'm living proof. And the main reason I know it's true is because his word promises it, right? Right? I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. It can happen. And I just, my prayer for all of you is that you will not be hindered by that fear because fear is going to hold you back from what God has for you in your lives. You know, we have so much potential, each one of us, and God wants us to use that. And that's my biggest prayer. I know when I talked to Jane when she was saying, What is your prayer for these women? My prayer is that they would realize their potential, that they would know how much God loves them and doesn't want them to be held back by fear or anything else. Because he has such great plans for all of you. So tonight, I'm just wondering, what's your biggest fear? What is it that you're trusting God the least for tonight? I would just like us all to just spend some time right now just searching our hearts, saying, God, what am I afraid of? What's holding me back from doing your will and your purpose in my life? And the worship team is going to play and sing, and I would love, if you want to come forward, I just invite you to come forward and just lay those fears down. Um, we're going to have our prayer teams. That are, they're kind of going to be under the crosses. If you would like to pray with someone, please go and pray with them, but let's just stand right now. just want all of us to search and say, God, I'm sorry for not trusting you. I'm sorry for putting my faith in the what ifs. Lord, tonight, I just pray for each one of these women that are here, God, that they would be able to press through, God, and they would be able to break through their fears because your word promises that you will do that for us, God. So I just pray tonight that you would touch each one of them. And they would break through their fears in Jesus' name. We just come forward, just if you want to sit or pray with someone, but these altars are open. Just come, lay your fears down. If you want to pray with someone, they'll be at the cross for you tonight. So God bless you. Thank you so much for coming tonight. I love you. And I pray for you that God will deliver you from all your fears. Amen.